tonight to <clears throat> Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. And I want to read at verse 16. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels, so that his rider shall fall backward. I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask you to help us um, as only you can as we study your word together. There's such treasure in every verse, in every word, and we would ask you to show us that treasure tonight, that you might fit us for your service here in these last days. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday night, we, we looked at Israel's words concerning Dan, and We've come back to these verses tonight because there is something that, uh, something important that we didn't have time to get to last week. In verse 16, Israel prophesies that Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. And as we saw last week, we find the fulfillment of that prophecy some 550 years Later, in Judges chapter 13, with the birth of Samson. We read last week in Judges 13 and verse 25 that the Spirit of the Lord began to move him, that is Samson, at times in the camp of Dan. And so Samson was a judge from the tribe of Dan. And for the next 20 years, Samson judged Israel. But Dan's ministry as a judge, the effect of his leadership in that position of authority, was not to lead the people of Israel in a right way. It was just the opposite, as we see in verse 17. Dan shall be a serpent, by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backward. Instead of leading the people of Israel... Dan would be a hindrance to them. He would be a stumbling block to them. He would cause them to fall. And we talked about the application of these words to our day, which is why the Spirit of God has put them here. For whatsoever things were written aforetime, Paul wrote in Romans 15 and verse 4, were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. The Spirit of God would have Paul write again in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11 concerning the Old Testament scriptures that all these things happened unto them for in samples, for types, for prophecies in picture form. And they're written for our admonition, our exhortation, our understanding because it is upon us that the ends of the world are come. These things are written, these things that are written, that were written aforetime, are written for last day's believers, which is exactly what Jacob says here in verse 1. 
where he says, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. I want you to notice the first thing that Jacob tells his sons there in verse 1. The first thing is, gather yourselves together. This was not just Jacob's command to his children. This was God's command to his children. There was a message concerning the last days that he would only give them as they gathered together. And God's command to his children has not changed. That's why he says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. There's that word again. As the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. What's the Lord saying there? He's saying exactly what Jacob said here. He's calling his children and he's saying to them, gather yourselves together. Why? Because where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And as you are gathered together in my name, I want to tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. And what shall befall the church of Jesus Christ in the last days is what we read concerning Dan. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backward. What God says concerning Dan is not two different events. It's not two different events. I think the, indi- the, the indication is that verses 16 and 17 are happening at the same time. At the same time that Dan is judging the people of Israel, at the same time that he's leading the people of Israel, he's a serpent, by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backward. And that's what's happening in the church today. Men who are to be judges, men who are to be leaders of the people of God, at the same time that they're in that position, they're serpents, by the way. They're adders in the path that open their mouth and bite the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backward. And they overthrow the faith of some. That's what the result is. And the faith that is being overthrown in the lives of so many of God's people in these last days is the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. That's what Jude calls it in his epistle. The faith which was once delivered unto the saints. The word of God. The King James Bible. We talked about Pastor Brian Sams last week from River City Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. He's an example of this, a sad example, I would say. He came to the conclusion that modern versions of the Bible are superior to the King James Bible. 
And so he transitioned his family and he transitioned his church away from the King James Bible to these modern versions. And a part of his ministry now is to teach other pastors how to do the same thing, how to transition their churches away from the Word of God, the King James Bible, to the heresy and confusion and doubt of these other versions. The doubt, yes, because that was Satan's, the serpent's whole purpose back in the very beginning. Yea, hath God said. Do you have the word of God, Eve? Do you really know what it is? And how and where do we learn about this deception of the last days? It's when we gather yourselves together with the Lord Jesus in the midst. And we're to do that so much the more as you see the day approaching. Increased deception. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse calls for increased fellowship. It calls for increased gathering together, which is why God says so much the more as you see the day approaching. And we allow the Lord to tell us that which is taking place, that which is befalling us in the last day. So that's something of the corporate application of these things that were written aforetime, that are written for our learning. But then last week we talked about the personal application of these verses. It's not a coincidence that Issachar and Dan are mentioned together. Issachar the ass, Dan the serpent. That's the total description of our nature. We're exactly like the serpent. I don't know many churches where you can say that and not duck. I don't know many churches where you can say that and not have an angry mob surround you after the service. That's been taught in this church from day one. It's been taught from the scriptures. And it's the truth. It's the truth. And it's so critical for us to understand what we are. We're exactly like the serpent. That's why the Lord Jesus said in John 8, 44, Ye are of your father the devil. And the manifestation of the serpent in us is this nature like an, that's like an ass. An ass is stubborn and uncontrollable. An ass cannot be governed. That's us. <coughs> And so much so, so, that, that the, so true that is, the proof of it is God says that we're not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. We see another proof of this. What the Lord said in Matthew chapter 16, when Peter took him and began to rebuke him concerning his death and resurrection. Peter said to Jesus, be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not be unto thee. You're not going to go to the cross. They aren't going to kill you. You're not going to Jerusalem and have all of these things put upon you by the scribes and the Pharisees. And Matthew tells us in chapter 16 and verse 23 that the Lord Jesus turned and said unto Peter, unto Peter. I, I, I have read that verse so many times. And and. 
a week or so ago when I read it, it's like I'd never read it before. It's one of the amazing things about this book. The Lord said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't address Satan. He addressed Peter. Thou art an offense unto me, he said. Here's Peter. Peter, a disciple. Peter, an apostle. Peter, who is a judge. The Lord Jesus said of the disciples in Matthew 19 and verse 28, Ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So here is Peter, disciple, apostle, judge, and yet in that moment, Peter was a serpent, by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backward. And the rider, think about it, the rider that Satan through Peter was seeking to fall backward, was seeking to fall back and fall away from the purpose for which he came into the world was the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's how wicked we are. That's this nature, this serpent, this ass nature that lives in us. We're just like Peter. Think about it. If we're saved, we're disciples. That word means learners. It means pupils. We're pupils of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're apostles. That word means messenger. It means one sent forth with orders. And God has sent us forth with orders. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We read in Acts 1 and verse 8. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We're living on the uttermost part of the earth from Jerusalem. And we're to be witnesses. A little chorus that... Um, we sang when I was growing up, ye are my witnesses, tis the Lord's command. Ye are my witnesses, I have no other plan. We are apostles, we're messengers, we're sent forth with, with orders. We are, as Major N. Thomas said in his sermon, the impossible. We are sent ones of the sent ones. We're judges. 1 Corinthians 2.15 says, He that is spiritual judgeth all things. The Lord Jesus has made us, in addition, kings and priests under our God. And yet how many times are we a Dan? A serpent, by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heels so that his rider shall fall backward. How many times do we, by something we say... How many times do we cause our fellow believers to fall back and fall away from the purpose of God in their life? This is what Dan did. In Judges 18 and verse 30, we read the detail of Dan being a serpent um, by, the, by the way and an adder in the path. We read that the children of Dan set up the graven image. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, he and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of the captivity of the land. 
And verse 31 says, And they set them up Micah's graven image, which he made all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. Dan set up this graven image. He, he establishes this idolatry, and it was there until the day of the captivity of the land. The day of the captivity of the land was when the ten northern tribes were taken into captivity by the Assyrians. We looked at Dan being, uh, or rather Gad, this morning, being the first, Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh being the first to be taken because they were on the wrong side of the River Jordan. And so as we read this and we think about this, the idolatry that Dan established in Judges chapter 18 lasted for 685 years down to the time of the captivity. They established an alternative to the worship of Jehovah. And we say it's an alternative because all the time that the graven image was there, the house of God was in Shiloh. In 1 Kings chapter 12, when Jeroboam took counsel and he decided to make two calves of gold because he was afraid that if the people of Israel went up to Jerusalem, they would, their hearts would be drawn back to Rehoboam. And so he took counsel and he made this, these two calves of gold. And the, he told the people, it's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. We've got these two convenient locations for you to worship. No need for you to go to Jerusalem. And where did he put the two golden calves? Well, 1 Kings 12 and verse 29 tells us. He set the one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan. In verse 30, we read, And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before the one, even unto Dan. Dan was exactly what Israel prophesied. A serpent, by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse heel so that his rider shall fall backward. Israel's words of prophecy spoken unto, uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit came to pass just exactly as God said. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise. And the reason that we came back to these verses tonight is to see that Dan's sin was not without consequences. In Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 18, God warned his people that if any among you, man or woman or family or tribe whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations. Verse 21 of Deuteronomy 29 says, The Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel. The Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel. And that's exactly what happened. I'd like for you to turn 
uh, over to the book of Revelation, if you will. Revelation chapter 7. We mentioned this passage this morning. I don't know that we mentioned the, the chapter. But we mentioned it this morning when we were talking about Gad overcoming at the end. It's in this chapter that we have the 144,000 Jews who are sealed in the tribulation period to go forth and, and preach and very quickly, notice beginning in verse 7, the tribes from which they come. Look at verse um, 5. I think I said verse 7, but we're in chapter 7. Look at verse 5. Of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephthalim were sealed 12,000. It's Naphtali in, in the Old Testament. Of the tribe of Manassas were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. Now as you read this list, there is one tribe that is conspicuously absent. It's the tribe of Dan. The tribe of Dan. God warned his people in Deuteronomy chapter 29 that idolaters would be separated unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel. Dan established idolatry in Israel. We read about it. We looked at it last week. We mentioned it this week in Judges chapter 18. And here in the tribulation, when, when 12,000 are sealed from each tribe to fight against the idolatry of the tribulation, if you will. The descendants of Dan have no representation. Manasseh takes Dan's place here. And it's like that because the tribulation is the ultimate expression of idolatry. The whole world wandering after and worshiping the Antichrist and the tribe of Dan that could not stand against idolatry in the Old Testament is not going to stand against idolatry here. Now what's interesting is that there are some Bible teachers who believe that Dan will join the idolatry of the tribulation. Some that believe that the Antichrist will be a Jew from the tribe of Dan. And they base this on a passage back in the book of Jeremiah. And I'd like for you to, to turn back to Jeremiah chapter 8. Brother Dwight um, mentioned these verses to me after the message last week. And they are 
Very, very interesting verses. Jeremiah chapter 8. And let's read at verse 14. Because verses 14 and 15 give us the context of the time that we're talking about, that we're reading about. Jeremiah 8 and verse 14. Why do we sit still? Assemble yourselves and let us enter into the defense cities and let us be silent there. For the Lord our God hath put us to silence and given us water of gall to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. We looked for peace, but no good came. And for a time of health, and behold, trouble Jeremiah is describing the tribulation period. He's describing the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, look at verse 16. The snorting of his horses was heard from Dan. The whole land trembled at the sound of the neighing of his strong ones. For they are come and have devoured the land and all that is in it, the city and those that dwell therein. The snorting of his his horses was heard from Dan, but whose horses were heard from Dan? Whose horses are they? Whose horses cause the whole land to tremble at the sound of the neighing of his strong ones. These are strong horses. For they come and have devoured the land and all that is in it, the city and those that dwell therein. Well, in Revelation chapter 6, we read about the horses of the Antichrist. The Antichrist comes riding on a white horse. And what follows behind him are his other horses. The red horse that takes peace from the earth. The black horse that brings famine. And the pale horse that brings death and hell. Are these the horses that Jeremiah is talking about here? Well, it could be. I think it's certainly worth thinking about. And if these are the horses of the Antichrist, then notice where their sound originates from. The snorting of his horses was heard from Dan. From Dan. Dan's not permitted representation among the tribes of Israel in the tribulation because of his idolatry in the Old Testament. And because in the tribulation, the idolatry that he established in the land in 1400 B.C. is going to reach its ultimate end in the appearance of the Antichrist. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 49, if you will. Genesis chapter 49. Verse 18, 
Israel says, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. That almost seems out of place on the surface. But if you think about it in the context of what we've just been talking about, Israel's words are very much in place. He says, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. I believe that Israel's words there in verse 18 look down to the time of the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The time when he would come and bruise the head of the serpent. I've waited for thy salvation. And I believe that they also look down to the time of Jacob's trouble. The time of the 70th week of Daniel. The tribulation period. And the things that we've just been talking about. And Israel is looking to the time when the Lord Jesus Christ will come and bring salvation to the nation of Israel. We're living on the brink of that time. We're living right now in the last days. And we use those words and we say those words and we hear those words in messages. And there's a danger in becoming familiar with them. And not letting them have an impact on us. We're living in the last days. In the days of Dan. In the days of verses 16 and 17. And the question tonight is, are you waiting for God's salvation? Are you waiting? Are you listening for the trumpet? Now we aren't date setters at this church. In fact, it, would be, it wouldn't be biblical. No man knoweth the day or the hour. But we can discern the signs of the times. We can know the times in the season. And those signs are everywhere. The scenario that we read about in Ezekiel chapter 38. An ambitious Russia making alliances with Persia, that's Iran, and Turkey. An ambitious Russia flexing its muscle in the, in the Middle East, arming Iran, arming the Muslim nations like Yemen. wonder where the Houthis or Houthis, however you call them, are getting these drones and missiles to fire on the ships there in the waters of the seas of the Middle East? Where are they getting them from Iran? Where's Iran getting them? Well, they're getting them from Russia. And they're paying for them with the billions of dollars that have been given to them by, guess who? The Biden administration. An ambitious Russia flexing its muscle in the Middle East Yes, Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism. But who's the force behind Iran? It's Russia. Vladimir Putin. The scenario that we read about in Ezekiel 38, an ambitious Russia. Weakness, weakness in the Western nations. Chief among those 
Western nations is the United States. Folks, America has never been weaker in the world. We've never been weaker spiritually, morally, politically, militarily, financially. And all of this weakness is going to be exacerbated. It's going to be made worse by an election year that threatens to be chaotic, that could be characterized by turmoil and lawlessness, that would leave this nation and the rest of the Western nations unable to act, paralyzed, if China invades Taiwan, for instance. And they're planning to do that. The question is not if, the question is when. Or if Russia and her allies, all of the Muslim nations, move to invade Israel. What a year for the Lord to come to the air and take his people out of this world. Are you waiting for that? Are you waiting to be caught up to meet the Lord in the air? Are you waiting to be forever with the Lord? Is the testimony of your heart, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. And that question is important because you can't wait for something that you don't have. You can't wait for something that you don't have. The good news is that you can have God's salvation tonight. You can have it as a free gift. It's free because his salvation, his salvation, the salvation that is of the Lord, as Brother Jed was preaching about Wednesday night, was purchased with the blood of God himself on the cross of Calvary. And you can have that salvation. You can have it right where you are. If you're willing to humble yourself, if you're willing to stop fighting against God, if you're willing to lay down your rebellion and repent of your sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him as your Savior. If we know him, then the testimony and the desire and the attitude of our heart needs to be that of Israel's in verse 18. I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. And the reason that is so important the reason that attitude of heart, that desire of heart is so important is because of what we read in 1 John 3 and verse 3. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself. It'll change the way we live. It'll change the way we live. It'll change the way we think. It'll change the, uh, the, the priorities that we have. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that here in the Old Testament scriptures, Israel's prophecies, Israel's words take us right to the heart of the last days. They take us right into the, to the time when the Lord Jesus is going to come to the air to take his people out of this world. We thank you for that blessed hope tonight, that this world is not our home, that we are indeed just passing through. But while we are passing through, we pray that there would be an expectancy in our hearts 
that's reflected by Israel's words here in verse 18. I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. We thank you that those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They'll be encouraged. They'll be able to go forth in the strength and power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that you would help us tonight to be expectantly waiting for you to return. And while we're waiting, we pray that we would be laboring for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.